How's it going, everyone? This is Jason Navarro. You're listening to Tongues Out Podcast. And let's just get into what should have been uploaded earlier this week. And you guys will have to um, understand that. I don't know what... um, I have so many different things I want to talk about. It's so hard to go from doing a daily podcast to now trying to commit to doing um, a single weekly podcast because whereas before it was so easy to kind of just talk about a given subject that comes up every single day. um, Now I have like what's the opposite of writer's block. I have so much stuff I want to talk about. Um, But at the same time, sorry, I had to turn out. I always forget like I have my mic turned up sometimes. Anyways, um, I, I don't know where to start except for like there is something I definitely, definitely, definitely do want to talk about. And um, what that is is essentially the fact that I, um, I'm Colombian. Like if you pull up my 23andMe, um, funny enough, I should have had this loaded up, but I didn't even think I was going to even talk about this today, but. It should be something that I do talk about because it's like I, I, I'm same state of mind. Like I'm so conflicted about this this fact that I'm going to bring up. But just like just to let you guys know, because like I did a 23andMe and uh, I did a podcast on this a while, a long time ago, essentially talking about like my ancestry composition. But if you look. I'm 61% like Spanish, like from Spain, like definitely conquistadors came to Colombia that I'm like 61% that the rest, like the other 30% is indigenous. So I'm definitely a mix of conquistadors that came to uh, Colombia, slept with (laughs) some natives there and then created a family lineage that to this day kind of like where where I'm at now, but I am purebred Colombian, like a hundred percent Colombian. Uh, my mom Colombian, my father Colombian. I didn't really uh, get to meet my father until maybe five years ago, six years ago. It was the first time I ever met my my actual birth father. Um, I don't stay in contact with him, but um, that's a story in its own that I could probably use now. But I'm just gonna save it for a different time. But um, nothing, nothing wrong with the, the guy. He didn't do anything wrong to the family or anything of that nature or more. That's just an entire subject to talk about. Um, but yeah, I do know that he was from Colombia. <laughs> so my mom came, you know, pregnant with me to America. And, um, while she was here, um, she, she married an American, but I, for a long time who I thought was my actual father, but wasn't. And, um, so like definitely a hundred percent Colombian, but the, the thing that I never really reflected on until later on in life, as I've gotten older, when I was younger, didn't really care about it. But now that you become more informed and everything of that nature, um, it's just it's definitely the case that i would be lying to you if i I didn't talk about the fact that i just even though i'm 65 percent spanish i like 
genetically wise, a hundred percent Colombian nationality wise. I was first generation American, but you know, my parents are both from Colombia. I am the least Latin American person you'll ever meet. My wife from Colombia, my mom and my family from Colombia. I like the only family I have here in the States is my brother who was born here as well. And then I have an aunt that moved from Colombia to here. But outside of that, the rest, like literally the rest of my family, not including my, my half uh, family, like my stepbrothers and my step family, my actual genetic family is all in South America, all Latin America. Maybe some of them are in Spain as well. Um, but <clears throat> I'm the least Latin person ever. It's, it's, it's so crazy. Where I grew up, uh, you people would be like, you're from Florida. Isn't that like a state where a lot of Latin people like live? Yes, traditionally it is. But, um, I, you know, from age zero to 10, I grew up in, in Orlando, Florida. That's where I was born. But, um, you know, I didn't, you know, you're still a kid at that point. And yeah, I was, I was very, the, the grade school I went to wasn't, um, all sophisticated or anything. It was like definitely a a very mixed school and I, but I barely remember it. Like I, I only, the only thing I really remember is having a really good friend. His name was Chris, um, Christopher, um, I had a crush on a girl named Carly Burt for a long time. Wherever you are, I have no idea where you are. I've tried searching for you in the future and I cannot find you. Just out of mere mere curiosity, just like what happened to you. But the first girl I ever had a crush on to say, I just do not know where, what happened to her. But uh, funny enough, her best friend that actually is a, it, just getting sidetracked for a second. Her best friend at the time when I was going to school in a random elementary school in Orlando, there must have been like maybe like six elementary schools, if not more. But that same girl, um, I ended up bumping into again, like literally 10 years later. Um, sorry, no, like six, eight, no, eight years later in, uh, because I was 10 when I moved out of, no, how old was I? Yeah, I think I was like 10 years old when I moved out of Orlando to uh, because my mom had uh, met a new guy, my stepfather, <laughs> and um, we moved from Orlando to a, a retirement city called New Smyrna Beach. And I was at a random, like random beach party with a group of my friends and a friend of a friend had invited a girl from Orlando and that girl happened to be the best friend of the girl that I had a crush on. And it was the weirdest thing. It was the weirdest night for us. It was, <laughs> that was such a fun night. Um, teenage years, I swear. It's just sexually driven. That's all, that's all that uh, was going through a young adolescent's mind, even though it just I didn't lose my virginity until I was 18 years old. But anyways, um, this, this guy was just so inept in understanding when people were attracted to him. But so, yeah, like that's really it. That's all I remember from Orlando. It's like the girl I had a crush on, like a few people that I went to school with. But once I moved to New Samarna, that was like my new life. That was the rest of my life. I, I grew up there. I met like all my current friends are from New Samarna, like all my like really close friends. 
Um, and uh, that's like where I consider kind of like where my life started to develop, I guess. Like when I finally became a teenager and started to kind of like not understand what my, my identity was going to be like, but <clears throat> this entire time, mind you, my mom, uh, she didn't know English when she came to this country. She self-taught herself, worked really hard to be the, the woman that she was and that she still is actually. And um, she definitely did her best at trying to like talk to us in Spanish and teach us Spanish, but I was just so immature. And all the kids I grew up with uh, when I was a teenager were all white. I mean, where I, I've talked about this before. It's a sad reality about my hometown uh, I call New Smyrna my hometown because it really is home to me. Uh, it's a sad truth that a majority of that that city is it's just an, a retirement town. And when you think about the issues that exist in, in America, like, yeah, like 90% of the population there in New Smyrna is probably more. 95% of the population is white. The other 5% is like minority class. Like there's 4% uh blacks and like one percent latin american people i in my graduating class there was only one other hispanic kid in my class there were like six black kids one other hispanic and and me and the rest were white kids (laughs) so like being around this your entire life like that's kind of like what you associate and then at the same time when i was a kid i hated colombia not because i hated the country it's just i associated not being able to enjoy my summers with my friends with the fact that sometimes my mom wanted me to kind of have a better understanding of my family in, uh, in Colombia. And, you know, as much as I did enjoy it once I was there, the, it was so dreadful, the idea of having to leave, you know, for a month to go to a, a different country and then just come back and then wait an entire year plus to see your family in Colombia again. And so I just always associated like and then I also associated one city with the whole totality of Colombia, and it wasn't until I went back as an older individual that I really appreciated my country. Like my nationality, like that's my second home. Colombia is, even though I don't speak perfect Spanish, my Spanish is actually pretty bad. Uh, I can't dance except for like when I'm in the presence of other white people, like and around Latin people. I cannot dance around them. I love Latin food, but I'm a vegan, and they love like me. But Colombia is still like my home. I lived there for a few years after leaving America for a bit and after leaving Colombia and coming back to America and, um, you know, now living here in Las Vegas, I still, you know, I still have a lot of great memories from living in Colombia. It's a beautiful country and, and the people are amazing. And I always hype up Colombia every time I talk to people and every time they come back and see me, after visiting, they're always like, wow, Jason, you're right. Columbia is amazing. The food's great. The people are awesome. The scenery is beautiful. And I'm like, I know, right? It's crazy. I don't know why as a kid I didn't like this country. But it was two reasons. One, I already talked about. And the second reason was that my mom, where she was from and where a lot of my family lived, was a city called Bogota, which is the capital of Colombia. And I would not recommend anyone go there as their first destination to really understand Colombia. Like Bogota, yeah, is the largest population density city in Colombia. But there's 
it is like a New York city that rains all the time. It is not fun. It really isn't. There's a lot of cool things to do there. And there's a lot of cool things to do like an hour outside Bogota. But I always tell people like, if you're going to go to Colombia, go to Medellin, go visit Lake Huatape, go to El Poblado, go have a blast, go party, enjoy the food, enjoy the people. Like the people are just more chill. And then go to the coast, like Cartagena, Santa Marta, like, over there, the people are like super chill and like it's the, it's, you got beautiful beaches and it, it's just, it's a really different vibe. Like in Bogota, it's really like New York. People are like, like super, like they're in their zone. Like if they, if you're not part of their social clique, like it's hard to get in with, with random strangers. I didn't have that problem just because I was an outgoing American and, and it is true. Like everyone loves foreigners. Like it, in their countries generally uh our country is the only one generally that is against it like if you're not if you're a fun person uh, people love fun foreign people and so i never had a problem with that but i could definitely tell that it was hard to kind of intermingle one group with another like every time i would meet like new groups it was hard to get like the two groups to hang out together um and that's like the life of bogota and I lived there a majority of my time. That's where I met my wife. She's from Bogota as well. She would probably hate the fact that I'm talking so negatively about our both where our families are from, but it really is the worst place to go to as your first place to visit in, in Colombia. Definitely would not recommend you go there. Go start with Medellin and then go to the coast and then end with Bogota. Bogota is the city that you end with. Don't start your trip there. But anyways, like, I love that country and I love my culture. Like I love Latin culture. I love Latin music. Most of it, you know, the really old stuff, of course I don't like, but you could argue, I don't really like old, old music as well. Oh no, that's not true. Yeah. I do like old music, old American music. I don't know. Anyway, I don't like old Latin music. It's just not my thing. Um, but the, the, like I said, everything else is, is, unbelievable i'm not a big music person anyway it's like don't don't ever come to me for music advice i'm I'm that weird guy that just loves music but if you ask me what his favorite you know favorite songs would be they'd be songs that i listened to when i was a teenager like that's the at the very end when i stopped caring about music it was like that rock time like i love rock music um but anyways going to like what i really want to talk about is this uh like i uh, I was re- I was reminded of this fact when I was watching a a series called um, Designated Designated Survivor. Is it Designated? Yeah, Designated Survivor. It's got uh, Kiefer Sutherland. Really great. Like I was already like I was watching the series because I just got done watching. <laughs> I pumped through all twenty four again, like all seasons of twenty four, and then I saw that he had another show called uh, designated survivor, which I'm probably going to rewatch again now because I really do enjoy the show. Um, he does such a great job of being president. Like I really, that, that guy as president is the president I want in this country. Like Kiefer Sutherland obviously is acting, but just like the way he handled his position as president is definitely the way uh, I would, and he's not perfect. He makes a ton of mistakes, but like, I don't think anyone's perfect, but like his level of managing the, the level of presidency is like what I would want. But anyways, there's a guy uh, on his cabinet 
It's his he he changes positions within his cabinet, but I think he starts off as his secretary of state, I believe. And uh, he's Latino. And eventually Kiefer Sutherland taps him to be his VP uh, nominee to be his vice president. And I like, I see a lot of him. When I look at him, I see me in him because like uh, Kiefer Sutherland, of course, respected Aaron Shore is the guy's like in fake, character name but he um aaron always like and when i say tom kirkman by the way that's Kiefer sunderland's name and or yeah his character's name when tom tapped aaron to be his vp um aaron was like are you doing this because you need like the latin votes and Kiefer sunderland was like of course not no like i've always respected your input on everything and you're a hard worker and, and and you're definitely you have a lot of um you have a lot of great qualities like you are just a very uh, well upheld person but yeah of course it's a bonus that you are latin of, like to ignore that would be really dumb and aaron was like okay great it's long as you're not picking me just to get the latin vote that's all that matters to me and, and you know Kiefer for was like of course not that's not the reason i'm tapping you but throughout the whole uh, thing, Aaron has to navigate this, you know, where he's like, he, of course, is going to campaign for Latin votes because he is, he would be in this universe, he would have been the first Latin American VP or vice president. I mean, still, there hasn't been a Latin American vice president or or president. But anyways, um, so, of course, he's like trying to ramp up all the Latino community to vote for him. But he's dating a girl at the time that is fully Latina. Like she's 100% like, uh, I think she was from the Dominican Republic. I can't remember where she's from, but very intelligent, but like a, a like hard cultured Latin girl. And she's constantly challenging him. Oh, she's Cuban, actually. Now that I remember, she's Cuban. And uh, like Cuban stuff is like, like, Anything to talk about Cuba is like very sensitive of a subject to talk about, but she is a a, a radical, a radicalist, not radical. Like she has very radical ideas in his mind, very radical ideas. But she keeps telling him like, "Hey, this is something that's important in our culture, like in our." And he's like, "But I'm Latino as well." And she's like, "You're you are Latino, yes, but you're not really." And he it, it it hurts him like he's like what do you mean i'm not latino like i'm definitely just because like i don't dance like you or i don't eat the same food as you and and like they go back and forth and like i'm not really detailing like all the struggles that he has as well with being a latino but that doesn't uphold himself like a latino and when I watched him go through those struggles in that season, I was like, wow, that's me. That's, that's exactly me. Like I'm, my family's from Colombia. Like my lineage all is starts from Colombia, goes into Spain. That's all my lineage is, is all Spanish. And, and of course native, but you know, if it wasn't for the Spanish, I wouldn't be where I'm at now. And, you know, like I said, I love everything about my country, but I'm the least Colombian person out there. I really am. Like, if you put me in a group of Colombians, 
they would all quickly pick up on the fact that I'm not from Colombia, even though I am from Colombia. It's like I'm an American, but I'm first generation American where the rest of my family is from Colombia. All of my family is from Colombia. And, um, but I, I just don't talk like a Latino. I don't communicate like a Latino. I don't act like a Latino. I don't dance like a Latino. I don't. And a part of me like wishes I did have that in my life. Like I know in like for my daughter, I, every time I'm around my daughter and my wife sometimes gets annoyed about it, but like, because she's like, you speak great English. You should be talking English with our daughter. But like, I want my daughter to appreciate being a Latina. Like she is full blown Colombian technically as well. She'll be second generation American, but both her parents technically are Colombian. Like I'm, genetically Colombian. I'm not a Colombian if you looked at me and compared me to the people, but I am genetically a Colombian as well. Um, and my daughter is genetically too. And I want her to just be more than genetic Colombian. And, um, because it really is something that I do think is important for her to have. Like, our culture is is so warming. It really is. Like every time you you meet someone from Colombia, the people are so nice. Like they're they're always great. They always care about family. They care about their community. They go through the most difficult struggles. There's so much income inequality, so much corruption that exists. Like like you could see it for sure in that country. It's the same thing here. There's a lot of income inequality here in America. There's a ton of corruption as well, but it's more hidden from American face there. You can go there and you can kind of see it. You can see what that looks like, but one could argue that, you know, in a little bit, it's going to be just as noticeable as well in America. I mean, it kind of is already, most people already can see the level of corruption that exists in this country. Um, so it's, it's kind of hypocritical for me to even talk about this subject because it, it it's way worse here than it is out there. It's just so unfortunate that the people out there don't have the same level of education, like the majority of people. There is a good chunk of Colombians that are very smart. They have a strong middle class. And I hate to talk about my country, like where my family's from, and make it kind of sound like as if like they're not smart. Look, they have a way better medical system than America does. They have a better way of addressing... um. Like the, the like I said, the people are great. They are very smart, but of course, like in any system, that all that stuff is relatively new. So there's still a lot of struggles that they have to overcome. But they are a very strong country. They really are. The people are are some of the most smartest people I've ever met. Um, but yeah, it's just like I don't know what to what to say about this. Like I can't like, I it's I feel so uncomfortable to kind of fully commit to the Latin culture. Like I feel like I'm 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 being a poser when I'm not. Like it's like technically what I should be, but I haven't been. And it's I'm very fortunate though that I I think that if I did, and that's another sad truth as well. The fact that I don't act Latin when you meet me. I feel like it's made it so easy for everyone to be so cool and friendly with me. But I wonder how different my life would have been really if 
I grew up in a retirement town, but was like a very Latin boy and like really was pure Latin. Like how much my life would be so different now? Like, I think the only reason that I do so well in life is because I'm not Latin. And that's a sad truth. It's a sad, sad truth because I really think that if I was the same person, but just like love Latin food, I mean, of course, like who knows where my life would have been? Who knows like what would go on? But I don't think my wife would have fell in love with me, to be honest, because I would have just been like any other random Colombian that she would have met. Um, And there were plenty of them like trying to chase after her in Colombia. But obviously it was different for her. Like, you know, I was technically from Colombia, but definitely not a Colombian. And, And that intrigued her enough and funny and charismatic and willing to take a lot of risk. You know, I think those qualities and being truthfully honest with her, I think those qualities kind of separated me from the rest of the pact of other Colombians out there. But, um, you know, that's just my love life. Outside of that, like, you know, I wouldn't have my daughter. I probably wouldn't have a lot of opportunities that exist existed in my life just because of the fact that I just knew how to communicate like any other white person out there because that's the life I lived when I was growing up as a kid. And I didn't make that conscious decision, though, when I was a kid. It, it was like, that's what my environment was. I was just around... I wasn't around minorities. My life probably would be way different if I grew up in a town full of minorities. And it's regrettable that I didn't. But at the same time, I feel like knowing these things and knowing how lucky I am and lo- knowing that um, you see, like this is what I'm talking about. It's like on one end, my life has been a lot easier because of the fact that I'm not Latin. But at the same time, I wish I was more Latin. And like trying to navigate that is so difficult. It really is. Like I don't, my mom won't ever be able to really understand that because, I mean, she's fully transitioned now. Like she grew up in that culture and now she likes this side of the world now more than anything else. But she's still Latin though. She can dance. She can talk. She can do all those things. I think there's a very unique issue for some other Latin people that I, I talk to a lot that like I've met Latinos that don't speak Spanish. That blows my mind. I don't know how you could do that, but like, um, like I've met first generation Latinos that just don't are don't act their Latin culture or they don't, they're not part of that culture. And, but I like, I know for some of them, they don't really care about it because they don't really think about it that much, but I know for others, though, they they empathize with what I'm talking about because it's like a problem that we deal with. It's like I'm a minority, but I'm not, you know, like I I don't act like a minority. I don't act like like my fellow Latinos. But at the same time, like if you looked at me, you clearly would know I'm not white. I mean, like unless like I stay indoors like I have been like I do look white, but facial it would you would definitely think that I would be mixed with something at least because like I don't look like your typical white person. Um I but the moment you would start talking to me, you'd be like, oh this guy's just like me, right? Like for a majority of the white people out there. Um and when I think about like a lot of my minority friends, like I think they are in the same boat. Like a lot of my minority close, close friends, they don't really their first generation as well or they act more 
uh, like the typical uh, like American would normally act. They don't act their culture is what I'm getting at. Like a lot of my close friends, even though they're minorities, like my best friends, like my, I have an Egyptian best friend. I have a white best friend and I have a black best friend. Like those three guys, like they're, they're like my three best friends and they're from different, different cultures. And then I would probably say I have like one British good friend as well. Like those four people are from different parts of the world except for one. One of them is like a white boy. The rest are minority. But all of them would get along greatly with one another because none of them act um, as a minority. And that's such a sad truth. It's such a sad truth. Uh, Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know, like, what to say about that. It's, um, I'm glad now that a lot of that is changing. I'm glad now that it's like in the forefront where a lot of people are becoming more and more comfortable with their cultures. Like I love seeing that Latin artists are dominating the the billboards. I love seeing like um, so many like Latinos bringing food here, bringing their culture, bringing the way that they do things, promoting their countries, getting people to travel to their countries. Like, I love that. It is so great. And because all that does is just it welcomes the idea of just really just allowing more and more of the culture to kind of come out. And I think eventually when it gets to the point, like in my daughter's generation, I think it'll be so awesome. Like she'll have a father that really understands like how important it is to kind of be like tied to your culture but still evolve as a person. And I've never been afforded that opportunity. It was taken um, not by choice, but just by the environment. I just never had an opportunity to be a Latino. Um, and that, that will change. And again, this has nothing to do with my mom or anything of that nature. She couldn't, like she always talked to us in Spanish. It's just the way that we rebelled because all the kids around us weren't, like her they didn't talk like her they didn't dance like my mom and so as a kid i really rebelled against that it's so unfortunate i wish i didn't um i I wish there was just a few other kids that were latin like maybe it would have been different but um yeah i didn't my spanish didn't actually get good until i moved to columbia or my spanish to get good um And that's what I want to talk about today. That's what I wanted to talk about. There, like I said, there are a ton of things that happened this week, but really, that one, that's definitely been the one that I've been, for whatever reason, thinking about talking about. Well, it honestly, it's because I'm about to leave a message with my daughter about this subject, and um, I really do think that, like, if you're cultured, like if you're even white people, like they're like you're not from America. Like no one's from this country unless you're a Native American and even then you're a minority and you should be really understanding your culture. We all should take moments of time to really better understand our cultures. And because they're really the only reason that we even exist in the first place. And it you might be surprised. You might enjoy something, maybe the food, maybe the type of person or the type of people that your country generates, whatever the case may be it might benefit you to 
get a better understanding of your of where you're from um because it's important it really is we can't lose that like what what makes america and other countries that it allow immigration into their country from around uh, different parts of the world we are the way we are because of that mere fact because we're a, a molding of different customs from again like i said like the food the music the people the the, the way we interact with one another it really comes from all, all of that so we should never allow one thing to dominate the perspective it should be we all learn to kind of just intermingle with one another but um yeah i'm i'm, I'm so happy for my daughter the fact that like I, I will always be talking to her in Spanish. Like I want her to be a Latina. I want her to listen to Latin music. I want her to dance. I want her to, like, I just want her to just enjoy being a Latina. I think that's just so empowering. It really is. It's like so cool to say, but be able to like navigate both worlds, you know, like be cool and like cool with whoever you're around. Like, Oh, you're Latin. I'm Latin too. I can dance. I can eat. Oh, you're like, you're like a white person i could do everything you can do like you know what other whatever minority is out there or whatever race of people i just want my daughter to just be able to just have fun with all of them i enjoy and i have fun with all of them as well but it's just because of the fact that like i'm just comfortable being around people and i just love being around different things like different stuff is what drives me i love I love change, but um, this this was all over the place, and and that's the that's the best way to kind of describe my struggles with this thing of being a Latino but not a Latino. You know, it's it's the weirdest thing. It really is. But anyways, thank you guys so much for listening to this first of hopefully not <laughs> the first and only like all over the place, but not really over, over all over the place weekly podcast. I'm sorry you guys that this one was late. It's just, like I said, it's, it's trying to navigate this new way, this new format, you know, the opposite of writer's block can be just as bad. Like when there's so many different things to talk about and you don't want to take up all the time, just talking into a microphone, it really is challenging. But anyways, Thank you guys so much for just being a part of this whole thing and, and just listening to me talk. Um, and as always, I will catch you guys next week. The next, always remember, there's going to be one weekly podcast and then one message to my daughter every week. So uh, what's after this is going to be my message to my daughter. You can skip that one if you if you want. Really, it's going to be somewhat similar to this one. Those are very rare. I don't really ever kind of do two back to back, like where one, like my message to my daughters, anything, anything related to like what I leave behind as a as a message to the rest of you, and to myself. But um, this is one of those times that it's going to be like that. So if you guys want to skip it, you guys can. Or if you want to listen to like what I'm going to be leaving behind to my daughter, they're really great. They're my favorite, honestly. Um. But I know some people just don't, they don't really care about kids or they don't see themselves being a parent. And to those people, I won't ever understand you because the parent life is just the best life ever. But anyways, (laughs) thank you guys. 
Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. And as always, I'll catch you guys next week. Peace.